Welcome to the Ponderosa, my friends, for an evening of songs and stories about the American West. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. I, I was born uh, with two uh, left feet. I never wanted to be away from her. Of course, he's got to hear the war drums all the time. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Join the Royal Flying Club. I like it. It's good. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? I may be super, but <laughs> I am no hero. Your stepmom is cute, though. Shut up, Ted. Remember when I asked her to the prom? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. I'm not going to lie on the bathroom floor all day. I'm going to lie here on the counter. If you don't let me gut out this house and make it my own, I will go insane and I will take you with me! I need to be taken seriously once more. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. He'd walk all cocky in the street, but his braid would be so crooked. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1985. I remember who uh, Andre the Giant was. He, uh, he was a giant and he went by the name of uh, <clears throat> Andre. The three of us. That's it. That's all that matters. It's making me mental. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Godzilla has just walked out of Tokyo Bay. I'm pregnant. Pregnancy. It can often lead to an infant. Dave's not here! I'm coming to you and I'm asking for your help. Please. The how and the who is just scenery for the public and prevents them from asking the most important question, why? No, 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 don't keep saying that. I've told you, I've told you everything. Don't ask me anything. No, 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 no. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Hey, my name is Christine, and you're listening to your favorite Canadian. Shouts out to our producer pals at Lion's Den Theatre. Check out lionsdenaudio.podbean.com where you can find previous episodes of your favorite Canadian. We are on a mission to determine your favorite Canadian actors. Not greatest Canadian actors or greatest Canadian performances. We're fully leaning into subjectivity and asking you all to play favorites. This is the second episode of round two. We started with a lengthy list of actors nominated by you, our listeners, as well as a panel of pals, and our panelists all championed particular actors in head-to-head matchups. The winners of those matchups are paired off now in round two. The folks who defended these winners in round one have selected some works of film and TV for us to view and discuss in our round two episodes and give you all a little more context for voting your faves through to the next phase. This format depends on your votes, so for more info on voting, visit facebook.com slash favecanpod, twitter.com slash favecanpod, and you can even drop us a line at favecanpod at gmail.com. Favecanpod, of course, is F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D. So on this episode, our selections are Kim Cattrall in the 1987 rom-com Mannequin with its 21% on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes but 91% thumbs up from Google users, do what you will with the metrics, versus Michael J. Fox in the somewhat unexpected choice of Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 8, Episode 10. Let's hear what my co-host Keith and the panel had to say. So, welcome back to our panel. Same crew as the last time. We have Shoelle, Mark, Dan, Matt, and Heather. Thank you, as always, for being here. Hello. Howdy. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Um, Keith, what's on the itinerary for today? 
Tonight we are talking about two uh, two Canadian actors whose uh, names are known, well known today, although their their actual peaks were perhaps a few years back. Tonight we're talking about Kim Cattrall and uh, Michael J. Fox. Um, Kim Cattrall in the movie Mannequin will be championed by Matt, and we all watched Mannequin, and I can't wait to talk about it. And uh, Michael J. Fox it will be uh, championed by Dan, and we all watched Michael J. Fox's hilarious and memorable appearance on uh, episode 10 of season 8 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Let's hear about Michael J. Fox. Okay. Um, hi, everybody. Um, now, I chose uh, to show this particular episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Michael J. Fox versus Larry David, which is the, the actual title of the episode. For those of you who have not seen the episode and may have not seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, if you're going to watch one episode, watch this one. I believe it's uh, season eight, episode 10. Um, and the premise is is that Michael J. Fox moves into um, the same condo complex as Larry David, and they become bitter enemies. And it is absolutely hilarious. Um, and a big part of this episode, why it's so funny, is that Michael J. Fox, is, uh, who has Parkinson's, you know, Michael J. Fox is playing himself, and uh, his, his struggle with Parkinson's is a big part of the plot. Um, and it's just brilliantly written. Uh, shout out to that kid who that that kid was also very very funny. I should have looked him up and do a name drop here. Very funny, a scene stealer that kid. Um, but um, the best parts are the scenes with Michael J. Fox and Larry David battling it out in the hallway and in the condo and in the restaurants and things. And you'll see it, you'll love it. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I could have picked a wide variety of Michael J. Fox's works for this um, film or television. It could have picked a number of episodes from Family Ties. I actually thought about picking the episode where he helps Nick graduate from high school. It has a great couple of lines in that. Or the episode that he actually wrote himself um, that turned into a stage play in the middle of it. It was a classic TV show. You know, and, and Back to the Future, of course, Doc Hollywood, Teen Wolf. And so on. But I, I chose this one specifically because this is your favorite Canadian actor. And here Michael J. Fox shows us um, a glimpse of, a, of an artist who is so self-aware of themselves and can laugh at themselves and takes it to a completely different level. Um, you know, he, he looks tragedy in the face, gives it the finger, and smiles the entire time. It's absolutely brilliant. And not once does he or Larry David and Michael J. Fox, and I do know with Curb Your Enthusiasm, when they bring guests in, a lot of the scenes are improvised and written at the moment. So these two together, at no point do they make fun of anyone with Parkinson's. They don't make fun of anyone struggling with the disease. Instead, they laugh at the disease right in its face. And, uh, you know, I think that says a lot about Michael J. Fox, not only as a comedic actor, but as as a human being. And uh, it's uh, it's definitely my my favorite episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm by far. And, and a lot of that has to do with uh, Michael J. Fox's performance. And um, it's only a half an hour episode. And I think I've taken up enough of everybody's time. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> um who would like to comment on that first it was hysterical and you did achieve your purpose of making me love michael j fox even more i always knew he was quite funny and he could kind of take the piss out of himself 
but this was quite enjoyable to watch. Like not just not taking himself seriously, mm-hmm. taking something that generally is very serious, like Parkinson's. And like you said, just kind of making fun of it and laughing in its face. He plays himself well. I know that sounds really dumb, but when he goes to Larry David, who's drawing a Hitler mustache on his dad's <laughs> picture, on his father-in-law's picture, and he's like, I can't curse, but he curses. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, you're so used to seeing him in these 80s sitcoms and thinking of him as being like, you know, lovable Michael J. Fox. And here he is like getting really annoyed and showing his temper and just, I don't know, he was just so funny in every scene. Yeah, they're, they're, my, my favorite scene in that, actually, where he does kind of address how much everyone loves him and how he is yeah. the villain in this episode. He really yeah. is the villain in this episode. Exactly. And where Larry David comes home and the doorman's like, hey, Mr. David, thanks a lot for those Yankees tickets. And then he bumps into Michael J. Fox in the hallway. And the doorman completely turns on Larry David and is like, <laughs> you can fucking bump into anyone in this hallway, but if you touch Michael J. Fox again, we got a problem. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's just so good. It's so brilliant. Like, um, and, and he is aware of that, like how much people love him, but he really, he really stepped it up. It's, it's great. Mark? Yeah, I, I think uh, the way, what you said there, Heather, him playing himself well, and like playing up the idea of what people think he is, and then being able to have that other little subtle edge to be the villain against Larry David um, was was done really well. Um, yeah, I don't think since probably Pamela Anderson in VIP, I've seen such a good job of a Canadian <laughs> actor doing self-aware comedy. Um, they do handle the material really well, too. Uh, I don't know if it's exactly the finest example of his acting chops, but as far as your favorite Canadian goes, it was definitely an excellent choice, Dan. A lot of fun. Thanks. Awesome choice, Dan. I, I love the show. Um, Michael J. Fox storyline takes second fiddle to the kids storyline for me. Um, because that ex- almost exact same thing happened to me one time. Um, involving a young man who asked me if he could learn to tap, where he could learn to tap dance. I gave him the name of a tap teacher. His mother called the school the next day at- absolutely livid at me um but anyway that's a a different story uh but did the kid um, love the tap dancing lessons (laughs) he never he didn't get to do them um but uh on top of that uh michael j fox was fantastic in this uh i love the show i like michael j fox i like larry david uh curb enthusiasm i think it's one of the funniest shows i've ever seen uh, I think it's certainly funnier than Seinfeld, which I also love, but I definitely think it's funnier than Seinfeld. And uh, this is an amazing episode of this show. It's not my favorite. My favorite is called Vehicular Fellatio. If you watch the show, you'll uh, you'll you'll remember it too and smile. Uh, but I mean, I guess I don't have anything to add uh, other than Eddie Schwieghart is the name of the boy, and he is fantastic indeed. <laughs> he is. He's great. And I also love his, his roommate, um, Leon, when he's like telling him to go fight him. And he, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to whoop his ass, Larry. Like it's, it's just like, it'd be a fair fight. You. <laughs> you an old dude. <laughs> you an old dude. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the brilliance of this show, too. It's like it's such an ensemble show. Like There's so many little subplots going on. And, you know, with Michael J. Fox's performance, you just like, you know, slip right in. I don't know, like, 
if he ever appeared again in any other episode of that show. I don't um, believe. I don't believe so. I think it was I just the one off. Like he was his neighbor for that up, and it just, it was just seamless. Like he was just kind of seemed like he was always a member of that that great cast. Um, Christine, what are you thinking about this one? Uh, I feel like I am uh, in in the minority on this one. <laughs> um, so I love Curb. This isn't my favorite episode. Um, but I thought it was fine as far as a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode goes. Michael J. Fox, so like anybody in that show, most people are going to be likable as long as they're normal against Larry David, who is always absurd. So Michael J. Fox, he's likable anyway. He's going to be likable in this episode. But Dan, I'm glad that you explained why you chose this one. Because I didn't think it was the best example of Michael J. Fox's work exactly. But it does, you, you do spend like a whole episode basically watching people love Michael J. Fox <laughs> and love him more than Larry David. Um, so, yeah, so I thought it was, I, I did think it was a good choice. I thought it was a really appropriate choice for this particular project too, because it is not Canada's best performances or greatest actors. It's Canada's favorite actor and he is very lovable and um yeah, I did. I, I I appreciated that about it, I guess. I didn't really take much away from Michael J. Fox's performance itself. But um, yeah, the greater context of it, I guess, is is certainly valid. I think you had I think you made a good choice. Joelle, did you have anything I, to add? I agree with Christine. I um I'm a huge uh Michael J. Fox fan. Um, and this was my first episode of Curb. Um and I was, I did enjoy it. Um, but I don't really know if it was his best work. Um, I did, I loved how they got out ahead of the Parkinson's and just, um, made fun of it before anybody else could, mm. you know? Um, so, and I, I think that goes part and parcel with, uh, Michael J. Fox's just being so open about his journey with Parkinson's. Yeah, I guess that's it. I, I. I will. I will watch more Curb uh, episodes for sure. It's 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 sort of like the way I broke it down easiest is that it's 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 Seinfeld with very little censorship told from George's perspective. Um, <laughs> now that's an oversimplification. <laughs> no script. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. We are now at the time where we're going to talk about uh, Kim Cattrall in Mannequin, and I'm going to ask Matt to tell us about Kim Cattrall in Mannequin. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for having me. Mannequin. Goodness. I, I can never spell it correctly. Never. Autocorrect every time. Uh, is this the best thing Kim Cattrall has ever done? No. I have said before, I will continue to stand by the fact that Kim Cattrall's best work as an actress is as Samantha Jones in Sex in the City. I thought it was one of the most powerful women I've ever seen on uh, television. And I thought she was brilliant in it and deserves every award she received for it and every dollar. But I mean, come on, you've got Kim Cattrall going against fucking Michael J. Fox. Everybody loves Michael J. Fox. Everybody. It's universal. Kim Cattrall's love is not universal. Some people hate her. So, you know, what are you going to do? So why did I pick Mannequin? Was there a sense of strategy to it? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot to say about the movie Mannequin. I'm sure we will hear a lot about the movie Mannequin. Big Trouble in Little China is the better movie. 
I don't think Kim Cattrall is as good in it. There's something to be said about perhaps me being concerned about the quality of the movie that I was going to present to the group. Uh, and I can understand why anybody might be concerned about the quality of the movie you're going to present to the group and whether or not the group will like it. I was certainly not concerned as I think was on display for about 90 minutes. Andrew McCarthy is not a good actor. Meshach Taylor is not a good actor. Estelle Getty, I don't know. She was funny in Golden Girls. I've never seen her be a good actor. I don't think anybody in this movie other than Kim Cattrall is a good actor. And I guess this is really my point. Uh, obviously, Mannequin, which was supposed to star Dudley Moore. Ugh. Mannequin is a piece of, it's time, it's disposable 80s trash. And it is just like the music of the time. It has the aesthetic. It has the feel. It's got everything you could pull out. Mannequin is an Academy Award nominated movie. Yeah, it might be her best song, but you, somewhere out there, the name Mannequin was on an Academy Award envelope. By the way, that's a terrible song, Starship. Anyway, I'm bouncing all over the place. Let me be brief. Kim Cattrall is the only good thing in Mannequin. In Curb Your Enthusiasm, we have Michael J. Fox, who is fine. But he's just, a, he's like everybody else in that show, in the sense that everybody's just Larry's straight man. That show is Larry David. Uh, and while I know this is not your favorite Canadian performance, and I know that everybody loves Michael J. Fox, Kim Cattrall is out here busting her ass in bullshit like mannequin and she's cute she's charming she is expressive she is the only thing of value in this vapid movie that should probably remain in a time capsule and i guess that's really all i have to say about that <laughs> thanks matt i have to hand it to you for the strategic choice here because i will I will just say it. I did not like that movie at all. It was junk. But Kim Cattrall remained watchable the whole time. I felt like she was so committed. I felt like there was even a point towards the end where I was like, is she in her head in a satire? Like, she was just so, so committed to that flaky movie. Um that yeah, I thought that I to both both you and Dan, I felt like your choices for this round were very strategic. So good selection, good on you. And yeah, I I really actually really really enjoyed Kim Cattrall in this. I didn't care for the movie, but overall, I mean, she's she's so watchable. And and if I reflect on some of the later, like let's say later episodes of of Sex in the City, where it's become clear that you know her character isn't really been, being given that all that much to work with, really. Um, I just yeah, I appreciated how how committed she was to the the dummy. Um, anybody else want to want to jump in? 
I thought it was fun myself, but <laughs> in like a total garbage way. It's like when Sexist when you garbage way, yeah, yeah, <laughs> when you you take like a bowl of vanilla ice cream and put M and M's and break up a cookie and then put some peanut butter in there and it's disgusting, but it's colorful and it's sweet and it makes you feel gross afterwards and you kind of enjoy it while you're having it. That's kind of how I feel about this movie. It's like raging the '80s. And an excellent vehicle for her because, like, everything is so ridiculous and over the top and doofy, but she's so charming and, like, you know, just barely holds it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great choice. Well, I can't even get over the <laughs> plot that she she falls in love with the guy that designed her. Like, right? so stupid. Um, I, do, I yes, I do like Kim Cattrall. I think she's a great actress. I enjoyed I enjoyed her all through Sex in the City. Um, in this movie, you could tell like she was she was very engaging. You could tell she knew she, she knew what she was doing, but she kind of she made everybody else look really bad because she was so much better than they were. Yeah. Um, and I thought she did a good job. I just think the whole movie was crap. The only highlight for me was the end um, when Starship, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, broke out into song. And that made me happy. Um, <laughs> and, Academy Award nominated. Yes. Starship. And that. I did that really enjoy so the joy. music. The music was good. <laughs> um, I remember seeing this. Keith, you'll, you may, I don't know if you would have seen this exactly, but. I remember seeing this VHS on the shelf at the Samson's convenience store in Howie Center when I was a kid and always not not knowing who Kim Cattrall was at the time. And I didn't know who he was. Um, And I still have that vision in my head. And that's how I remember Mannequin. So this would have been the first time that I saw it was yesterday. And I think it was sexist and homophobic. There. Boom. Done. I enjoyed this on that very superficial level where it's like these people have no hidden message. They are not making a point. Um, This is a movie to be released to make money. Some of them appeared to be having fun. G.W. Bailey, who played uh, the the security, is it G.W. Bailey? I think is his name. The security guard. Yeah. He, uh, He was having the time of his life. Um, Meshach Taylor seemed to be enjoying it. The late, great Meshach Taylor, underrated performer. Um, but, but uh, I mean, it's this to me is like, this is like ASN Saturday night movie. They play Tremors and then they play this um, Overboard and Fright Night and, you know, just all these movies that were just out. Um, Cottrell was good. ASN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cottrell was good. Um, she's, she's better and stuff. Uh, I'm not as down on the performances as this as I am on the writing. Um, I mean, people probably they did what they wanted. It's very much of the time. It's it's certainly dated as hell, um, and and I don't like Starship. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but I did find myself sort of singing along. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I can't uh, I can't give this movie or performance a huge thumbs up or a huge thumbs down, um, but uh, but it's there. That reminds me of what it says on Wikipedia. It says, a sequel to Mannequin was released. (laughs) (laughs) But never seen. 
So I have a slightly different, like, I mean, I agree with what pretty much what everybody said, especially what Mark said about it being like sickly sweet and you kind of feel bad after. Um, I really think that the eighties was better than this. I'm a big fan of eighties movies and the eighties fromage. And this didn't even stand up. I mean, visually it was very eighties and it was like, it was great. You know, the, the costumes, the music, everything like that. But there were so many, how did she time travel? Why did we just totally skip that plot hole? Like we didn't even explain that. She just time traveled. We don't know how, we don't know why. And then suddenly she was able to become a real human. She appears as a muse to great artists. Okay, but still. I, I, would, like I, would, I would go with they came up with this over a cocaine binge and <laughs> they just needed a reason. So they threw in something about Egypt at the start. I wouldn't yeah. ever think the premise too much. <laughs> was, I know, but it was just, there was so much missing. Um, I'm a huge Kim Cattrall fan. Sex and the City is one of my favorite shows, and I think she's amazing. Um, but this, you know, I do agree that she was the best part of the movie, but I don't think that this was by any means her best work. Uh, I, I agree with Christine that she fully committed. I think she knew she was making a cheesy piece of cheese and played up to that, you know, and she, she was the sort of ditzy muse. But I just... I just want more for Kim, you know, like I'm just watching it going, you're better than this. But again, she did make the movie a little more bearable, but the movie was awful. I remember watching this as a really little kid and for some reason liking it. And I had like kind of nostalgic feelings about it. And then I watched it again and was like, what was I thinking? Why? Mm -hmm. I mean, kids are stupid. <laughs> I was very young when I saw it. Cause it's, yeah, it's a piece of garbage. I I also like I turned it on thinking I was going to enjoy it a lot more than I did. Like I and and with the assumption that it was just going to be kind of fluff, right? But boy did I never not like that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd actually take it one step further Heather and say it's not garbage. I would say it's a ship made of garbage floating in a sea of turds. <laughs> and that Kim Cattrall could not save this ship from sinking. Um, there's, I, I mean, I was watching, like laughing, thinking, thinking, okay. And I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on thinking that Matt did this to us on purpose to make us watch this movie. And I'm thinking like, oh, that crafty son of a, and there, I mean, Hollywood, right? that character, Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> just so bad. And the montage scene where they're trying on all the clothes and they're, Bonnie and Clyde and and uh, uh, all these other like famous couples and stuff like that. I'm like, what is? And it went on for like five minutes, and nothing happened. I'm like, and, and, and the evil mall. Why does the evil mall have so many security guards and a wheat thresher in the basement? Explain this to me. I don't. Oh, I just couldn't. And, I, you know, I think this is something we're going to run into in the second round where an overall performance of a film or a television show is going to distract from, the, you know, the, the actor. And Kim Cattrall was very beautiful, is is still very beautiful. I, I don't remember one scene in this that she was, well, I mean, I guess when, I, 
No, yeah, I don't remember a single scene or line she said. I because the movie was that bad. I remember her dancing like an Egyptian. Yes, the, the, the montage scene does actually stick out for me. And there was some weird, like, I, I was trying to actually, I'm like, okay, well, oh, the rock set here. Okay, I see. They're, they were like famous couples throughout history dressing up in the middle of the mall for some reason. <laughs> there was just too many holes. There was too many holes. Like, there was no character arc. There was no major character development. There was a lot of plot holes. And evil. They even had like that classic cliche '80s boardroom meeting where the evil mall owner is like, "Our profits are down 89 percent. What's? Come on, what's happening? We need the mannequin guy from the next mall over to mannequin for us." I just was like, "You were breaching here." I just, but. I will admit, I did laugh the whole way through thinking of Matt grinning, watching me watch it. I think uh, the unsung hero of this movie is actually James Spader. Um, I thought he was. I fantastic. was just going to say that exact thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought he. I thought he was great. I. I, I keep forgetting it was him, which is mm. a sign that he did a good job. I think. You know what, Dan? You're not going to let me watch Teen Wolf, man. You watch Mannequin. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> to. Uh... Shay, sir. You know, it's, so, it's funny, though, actually, Matt, it is weird, though, that, like, you know, Kim Cattrall is so known for, for her role in television, and Michael J. Fox is known more, like, later in his career as a movie star, um, that yeah. we both, I picked television and you picked film. It's <laughs> That's an interesting contrast. So, um, can we go around, then, and say who we will be voting for, and also who we think the audience will vote for in this matchup? Can we start with Heather? Okay. Um, well, oh, this is a really, really tough one because I really like them both. Um, but I think for this one, I'm going to vote based on the project that I watched. Mm. Based on the project that I watched, I'm voting for Michael J. Fox. All right. Who's the audience going for? I think the audience is probably going to go Michael J. Fox, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan? Who are you voting for and who do you think the audience is voting for? I'm voting for Michael J. Fox. And I think the audience will also vote for Michael J. Fox because he is uh, America and Canada's most beloved hero. You sound very confident about that, Mark. Well, based on the strength of the project chosen, I got to go with Kim Cattrall. She worked her ass off in this movie. Michael J. Fox, he just rolls in and plays himself for 20 Mm -hmm. minutes. Come on. She's got to get it. Although I think the audience will go Michael J. Fox. Well, I am going to go with Michael J. Fox as well. I, I, I do love Kim Cattrall, but I just don't think this performance is enough to put her um, over the top. Um, I don't think there was enough range there. Um, And we, we obviously know what she's capable of. um, And I, don't think that this movie um, displayed that to her favor. So I think it's Michael J. Fox all the way, and I think the audience will agree. Matt. The majority of us said the same thing. This movie is shit, but okay, (laughs) Kim Cattrall. It's not her fault that this movie is shit. Michael J. Fox just played himself in a borderline cameo 
and a 100% vehicle for Larry David. Don't punish Kim Cattrall. Punish Dan. <laughs> you know what, Matt? I'm with you on this one. My vote is going to Kim Cattrall. And it really is. And I think in our first round, I wasn't necessarily that kind about Kim Cattrall's performing. But watching this movie, the whole time I was like, this is so terrible. How is she still this good? Like, so I'm voting for Kim Cattrall on this one, but I do think the audience is going to go for Michael J. Fox. Um, and I just want to say one thing, if I can interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. I agree fully with what you guys are saying with Mark and Matt and you. Like, Michael J. Fox did just play Michael J. Fox, and he was basically Larry David's pawn. But it's not so much about the acting. It's my favorite Canadian. So as my favorite Canadian in a project, based on these two projects, that's why I'm going with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's going to go Fox Fox, but we'll see. I am not a fan of 80s movies. Um, I find the whole <laughs> the whole era was pretty pretty cut and paste, but you know, it I, I I did I did chuckle at a couple of scenes, I suppose, in retrospect thinking about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks again, panel. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And that is it for episode two of round two. Now, the voting on the Kim Cattrall versus Michael J. Fox face-off will be available at our Facebook site at FaveCanPod until May 15th, 2021. And if you are hearing this before April 30th, 2021, you can still go and vote on the Mary Pickford versus Nev Campbell face-off that's happening also at our Facebook site. And we should be back in about two weeks with episode three of round two and uh yeah it's going to be a fun one so thanks again to the panel and thank you for listening and wherever you are and whenever you are thank you for listening